So we're coming out of the very beginning. It's the, almost the opening the door, beginning. <coughs> coming out of that. So the first thing, perhaps, to say, encourage, and bear in mind, very obviously, is welcome. Mm-hmm. You can find the door, recognize it's the door you want to go into, turn the handle, and then sense a welcome in. Mm-hmm. What's it like to feel welcome? How do you sense that? How do you recognize you don't feel quite welcome yet? You know, sort of halfway there or a little bit, you know? Where does welcome come from? It somehow, perhaps it comes from out, outside us. Somebody says, oh, you're welcoming. We look for that affirmation, that welcoming. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, uh, you know, experience, it's something in one feels uh, a little more relaxed, <clears throat> less tense. <clears throat> There's a recognition that beyond the structure, you know, the basic structure, buildings, walls, times, routines, things we do, things we don't do. There's also something softer, something that uh, isn't really about structure. It's about dynamics it's about mutuality it's about dynamics it's about something a little more holistic something that is around us is embracing us is absolutely essential to feel fully alive present, happy and yet you can't really structure it in you know I mean people try to structure it in don't they you go to the uh, supermarket Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, it's on the door. Welcome in. You know, but it's just, they structured it, but it, you don't feel it. Have a nice day. You know, thank you very much. It's sort of, you know, it's put in as part of the structure, but do you feel it? Hmm? Subtler than it is. You can't. It's not a matter of structure. It's something else. Hmm? Something where I don't know. Yeah, you do it. But it has to be uh, holistic. It's, it's mutual. It's coming from outside. You pick it up. You take it in. You receive it. You resonate with it. You check it out. Make it yours. You feel welcome. You feel, yeah. Uh, and there are certain pauses, gestures, allowances that help to make that real. Like I'm allowed to be a little bit late. You know, to not be perfect, to, you know, that makes me feel welcome. I don't feel so tense and uptight. I'm allowed to fall asleep in the meditation without somebody bashing me or being shamed for it. <laughs> you know? So it's just that sense of there's a structure, there's also just that slight uh, easing that makes me feel welcome. You know? There's a little bit more flex and room in it. Very important, isn't it? Otherwise, we're just going to go rigid. And we can probably all and probably all do rigidify ourselves to get it right, to be good, to be 
approved of to be right there and so forth. Mm. <laughs> you know, is that liberating? <clears throat> so when we look at it again, very important, might say practical or tangible terms, the body, you know, how, how good does your posture have to be? How strong and firm and exactly right is your structure? Well, I'd say just as long as it feels about as upright as you can get it right now. <laughs> feeling connected to the ground, feeling in your body, sense of energy rising. I know some people have got problems with their backs, their knees, so if you make sitting up straight the absolute essential for meditation, well, you know, it's going to be a punishing session, isn't it? Just in terms of what the body can do. So you just get, you know, this is about what it gets like. And then even if you can't sit, sometimes some of you, you know, very damaged backs or whatever, then how do you maintain the sense of what that means, the uprightness, when even you're lying down? What is it about? It's about uh, attunement. It's about balance. It's about certain poise, certain brightness. And fundamentally it becomes a matter of intention, the upright intention, the intention to be clear, to be bright, to be present, to be tuned in, to stay grounded, all of those. And certainly this upright position is highly conducive to that if it's held in the right way, the sitting position. But of course we can make it another source of perfectionism and failure. You know, we get rigid and tight around it. So what is it necess- what is necessary to just make that structural sense, let it breathe a little bit. You know? Welcome. Okay, you know. And you realize that the body itself has structural, when we say structural tissue, primarily the bones, but all of it has got some structuring in it, a liver, or organs, or whatever. And yet some of those elements are really much more about being porous, digestion, metabolism. They're about taking in, digesting, relating to the outside, taking it in, feeling if it's toxic or not, breathing in, breathing out, expelling what's toxic, taking what's nourishing. So it's got much more than just a pure holding pattern to it, which is what the bones are fundamentally doing, although they also do breathe to a certain extent. But it also has this sense of what's around me. Is it clean? Is it healthy? Is it blessed? Is it benevolent? Is it poisonous? Is it sour? What is it? Yeah. So the, the body will do, does that, and it's through its organs. Yeah. So it's a nice, simple analogy. Yeah. And then, then when we come to something like the, the heart quality, structuring heart is about our values. Now, if you just have values. Become so, become so righteous, can't they? We just hold them in that rigid way. We want, you know, all the right things, tick the right boxes, who's totally squeaky clean, green, eco, equal, everything, democratic, just, so forth. Lovely ideas. And, you know, when you line them all up, who's got it? Who's got the 100%? Who's here? Who's got it 100%? You know, and you look at your little... Bits you're a bit shaky or a bit, you know, manipulative or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know how if we just hold the value structure as a thing in its own right, we lose the compassion, the forgiveness, the mutuality, the acceptance of our 
blemishes, flaws, shortcomings that make it something that's really blessed and healing rather than just another source of righteousness and who is better and condemning and pride and so forth. Yeah? So you see structure, even heart structure, when it's held purely as a thing in itself, isn't holistic. It can't embrace anything that's less than absolutely you know, straight lines. And there aren't any straight lines in the entire universe. Everything bends, even light. <laughs> you know? So and the beauty of this other dynamic quality is it's continually able to sense and adjust, sense and adjust, sense and adjust. It's got a subtle, playing, adjustable quality to it. And this is most obviously in the heart. The body does it to a certain extent. We're doing qigong, for example. That's a lot of that's about soft, dynamic qualities. There's a certain structuring, but essentially we're starting to loosen the body from its uh, and, and feel things like subtle energy flowing. Meditation that is through the bodily experience of breathing in and out, which is a subtle, soft, dynamic suffusion, and that moves. It's held through the structure, you know. With, we're kind of in an up, making it more possible to receive that through having an open structure and a firm structure, and yet the breathing itself is a dynamic, suffusing, nourishing, feeding, enjoyment, contentment experience. It's all bound up with something that's soft, dynamic, changing, and nourishing. So you know. Now, if you hold breathing, for example, as a structural thing, then you just get into this rather rigid. Count the breath, be with every breath, in, out, in, out, in, out, in, out, you know. How many did you get? How many did you lose? You know, and everybody loses and you didn't get it quite right and hold it tight. And then, you know, do you want to live like that? (laughs) You know, when we hold breathing in that way, rather than something that happens to us and there's a softness about it, and you slip and you fall off when you look dither and you daydream and you come back to it. And it's always, every time it comes back, it says, welcome back, welcome back, welcome, here we are again. Let all that dissolve. Because the beauty of the soft dynamic thing is, however far out you seem to have been, however much you've spun out, whatever mad ogres have run through your mind, the softness will dissolve them. You don't have to fight them. Once you bring it back into the dynamic, accepting, sensing, welcoming, those you know, contortions unravel and dissolve and you come back into something that's, here we are again, and we lose it again, and we come back to it again. And it's the softness that does that, not the structure. Structure supports that possibility that we are sitting here, we are walking here, we are staying here, we are continually reaffirming present moment, you know, we are continually reaffirming values such as clarity and dignity and presence and compassion, you know. But they are there to to support a dynamic which allows us to access, accept and transform all of the contortions and the pollutions and the whatever you want to call it, you know. These things that distress us are not absolutely, they're not, they're not fixed. And the irony is that if we start to assume that our practice is structure, 
you know, the breathing instructor, you hold it as a firm, fixed entity that you look to be constantly solid, yeah? and you want your mind to be constantly solid, and you want your virtue to be constantly solid, what happens is you make your defilements constantly solid as well. <laughs> they become a counter-structure. I don't know if you can ever reflect on that. Yeah. The more solid you want to be, and the more solid you want your good stuff to be, doesn't it make your those those less attractive aspects also quite fixed with same obsessions, same stuff. And there's a kind of conflict between the two. The dynamic aspect is that ability to keep referring to, we might say, structures. And here I'm talking about not just bodily structures, but also heart structures, meditative structures, clarity, honesty, compassion, groundedness. And then we're taking in that which is not clear, not honest, not grounded, and through the soft processes of acceptance, of welcoming, of not going rigid, but they begin to dissolve. Check it out, I don't know. That's the way it seems to me. I don't do it all the time, I get rigid and fight. But the times when it works, I've actually stopped doing that and as a subtle point, I haven't just kind of completely collapsed into the contortions and pollutions of my mind, but I haven't completely shut the door either <laughs> on it. You know, there's this lovely threshold, which is uh, the welcoming and the groundedness, and even this you know, does not cause me to be shocked, spasm, righteous, fear, you know, okay. Okay, we'll just breathe with this one. Breathing is a very helpful medium, I find. So there's, again, you know, structural thing, structural and dynamic. And again, to differentiate them too much is perhaps making too much of it because they, they are, they're really holistic. They're, you might say you can, you, can see, you can sense it in that way. And the important thing is to recognize what is structural, you know, such as, say, we're doing this retreat together, there's a structure of retreat. All structure, no structure can be absolute. You, you know, you do your best with it, you do your best you can with it. And one of the ways of doing your best you can with it is to remember, stay with the dynamic as well. What is this retreat about? It's about awakening, it's about harmony, it's about honesty, it's about providing an opportunity for all of us individually to be with our own stuff and work it out as best we can. There's encouragement, there's offering. There's no orders, there's no commands, there's no, you know, it's not like that. It's an encouragement, an occasion, an opportunity. It's a welcoming in. You know, so you think, I just, okay, so you take a break for half an hour. You know, you can't manage the whole day. Okay, you know. What's the dynamic? Mm. What keeps you from going rigid? On the other hand, what keeps you from just you know losing the structure altogether? Mm. So it's the balance between the two: the personal, the dynamic, the changing, the unscripted, which is a matter of, of welcoming, offering, blessing. 
loving kindness and that which is more able to easily proscribe like get here at 8.45 do this at 12 come here at 7 this kind of thing sit straight get your knees down hold your back up this kind of stuff Now, body, heart, and head, or thinking capacity, three these three domains. They're not again; they're not entirely separate. And at certain uh, uh, levels of consciousness, they begin to merge. You know, so, but ordinar- ordinarily, we may experience them as separate. <clears throat> so, heart qualities are are the sense of being affected. Trembling, quivering, resonating, being affected, something lands in us, something means something to us. We get a felt meaning, feels friendly, feels threatening, feels safe. You know? So there's this quality. It also is impulsive. It means it wants to do something. It wants to run, it wants to laugh, it wants to reach out. Um, it is, and its impulsions, its impulses are often triggered by the impressions we get. You know, we feel welcome, something in us lifts up. There's an impulse to rise up. The impulse may not be that strong, it may not be expressed physically, but something as lifts. There's a lift, lifting of intentionality. A sense of determination. We don't really want to do that. Mm, that's, yeah, I feel really strongly about that. Mm, that's an impulse. That's heart. Mm. Some of it's diseased, confused, reactive. Some of it's uh, more comes from a deeper responsive quality when we connect heart qualities and we embody them we sit with them that process of just begins to clarify yeah because when you embody your heart you get the real feeling what happens in your body when you feel obviously when you feel angry when you feel depressed when you feel sad when you feel trusted you get different bodily flushes you know, and your face lights up or goes stiff or whatever. And when it's very strong ones, it's everybody can notice it. When we feel angry, you know, we tighten up. We feel malice, we tighten up. When we feel love, we soften. You know, so you get the bodily sense of that. Now, all those heart impulses have a, some bodily correlative that occurs. And as you meditate, you get more tuned in to the, the subtler effects of, particularly in the face, to around the eyes, the mouth, throat, can be the chest, the stomach, the abdomen. You know, this whole, the soft stuff starts to tighten up or flush or loosen or get aroused, you know, in some way or another by impressions. You bang something, every jumps, you know. <laughs> So it's because of this correlation between heart and body that you can really check it out. Do I really believe that or I'm trying to believe that? Do I really feel welcome or I'm, I'm supposed to feel welcome? I don't feel welcome yet. I'll check out why I don't feel well, what's happening. I don't know, it feels a slight closeness in the chest. Why don't I just try and relax my around my ribs and... Yeah, it feels a bit better. Yeah. So sometimes you can change these impressions just on a, a somatic level. 
you know, the not feeling welcome wasn't because of anybody else, it's because I'm in this defensive state. <laughs> and yeah, that's natural enough because the rest of the day, the rest of the year, it's not been a very welcoming time, so I've got stuck in this defensive position, defensive, and it's become embodied. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the, the this correlation between heart and body, you know, is, it means many things it means uh, that what we receive in our through our hearts are affected through our hearts transfers into the body and if that's a repeated sign or deeply disturbing sign it gets locked there you get traumatic uh, experiences so you get locks in your body your body freezes in defense mode or collapses it's not really allowed to be here so it's kind of collapsed body yeah or forceful something like that and there's, you know, there's a whole study of that thing. Mm. Mm. So, um, you know, so then you're working on uh, clearing out some of these uh, afflictive impressions on a bodily level and a heart level and giving yourself the occasion to feel tone up, feel something beautiful, something beautiful. It's possible for us. I can feel welcome. I can feel good enough. I don't have to prove. I don't have to struggle. I can feel good enough, you know, which is quite an attainment. (laughs) Perfection is easy. Good enough is difficult. (laughs) Because we all know what perfection is, but nobody knows what good enough is. Because you can't really, you know, put it in a box. That's why good enough is much more important than perfection. And then we have to recognize that it's moment by moment, the, the dynamic of feeling okay with how it is now. Perfection tends to be abstract, an idea, something held, which we're rather good at. And the kind of uh, violence that can occur around that, around the absolutely right, and then what the absolutely right does to what it thinks isn't absolutely right. Social, personal, interpersonal. So, this relationship between the heart and the body. And we meditate, then we're starting or, you know, getting the sense of. Please uh, take in, breathe in the sense of welcome. Play with it. What would it feel like you know, to feel really welcome? You know, to feel a quality of genuine, easeful goodwill just being rolled out towards you. And you didn't have to smile. You didn't have to say thank you. You didn't have to be deserve it <laughs> or be good enough. It's just... Yeah, pick it up if you like. If you don't, that's up to you. You're welcome also to not feel welcome. <laughs> Whatever works, you know. And just just to take that in and think, what would it feel like? Play with it. What would it feel like around your shoulders and your throat? And your, ch- and your face? And yes, you're okay. What would that feel like? And he's, you know, so you... you 
catalyze the dynamic, the dynamic aspects in a positive way. Because if you don't catalyze them in a positive way, the likelihood is they're continually being triggered in afflictive ways. You've got to, you know, this heart is still mulling over, regurgitating its own wounds and barbs. So you keep recycling it, you know. They're not good enough. They've got to make it. They've got to, you know, that keeps so... And then that impression is going on so constantly you don't even notice it because it becomes normal. Becomes oneself. What becomes normal and familiar pattern becomes oneself. So then, you know, I, myself, am inadequate, a bit insensitive person, can't quite make it, can't really meditate, trying, but never really been able to do it properly. That's who I am. That's what I am. Now I'm going to have another attempt to get it right. Yeah. But you can't get it right if you don't feel welcome. Because the dynamic isn't healthy enough. It's just coming from this kind of frustration and uh, need. Just to, you know, put it kind of simply, and again it's simplistic, so not necessarily absolutely true, chuck it away, dismiss it if you like. One way of playing with it is, you know, often we, we meditate in order to feel happy and good enough. If we meditate long enough, we'll get to feel happy and, and good enough. It's the other way round, really. You start feeling happy and good enough, and that enables you to meditate. <laughs> so you reflect, you know. That allows you to deepen, unify. When I say meditate, what does that mean? But I'm, what I'm talking about is really enter into a unified, completed, holistic experience. You start with feeling welcome and happy happy enough okay because of that something new starts to settle and integrate and that process just starts to ease out the convolutions the complexities the intricacies into something quite simple and uh, felt I feel I don't know why I just feel happy I feel okay I don't know why I haven't really discovered anything. I haven't done anything useful today. I haven't really been anything special. I haven't really got anywhere. I don't know anything particular. I feel fine. (laughs) And then we can meditate. And then we can deepen into that. Body and heart. So one of our checkpoints is anything in this bodily sense that is withheld, is tight, is and it's not just about you know stiff knees, it's it's visceral, it's felt. Something is you know 
what's that? We come to those places and widening, softening, breathing, letting, if we can feel our breathing, widening, softening, just letting those, those places know that there's something benevolent there. Something okay there. It's all right even to be in that state. It's okay. It just comes to those places in our embodiment experience. Let them breathe. Let them ventilate. <clears throat> and this, of course, because we hold, it's holistic, well, the paradigm is that as the dynamic uh, clears, you can only clear things through the dynamic aspect. You can't clear it through structure alone. Still, as you clear things through the dynamic, the structure becomes more and more fresh and firm, buoyant. It feeds back. You can't clear things through structure. You can't clear anything through being more upright, more straight, more virtuous. You can't clear things. You can put good things in, very good things in, but you can't clear the rest of it, the disease. You have to enter the dynamic. And that's breathing it, feeling it, touching it, accepting it, being, letting it open, letting it, letting it pass. This is the value of the dynamic. So far I've left the head out, probably for very good reasons, but it's not, uh, it's not inconsequential. Sometimes it's overemphasized. Yeah. But our head, we must say our rational faculty, our ability to conceive, to define, yeah, Often we we kind of tend to lessen the emphasis on that because it can be so overworked that we, through that, we we kind of find ourselves ignoring and losing the body. But uh, this rational faculty or the attention faculty, the ability to just clearly discern this is this, this is this, this is this, to know it, uh, yeah, it's this, it's this, it's this. We use it primarily just to keep connecting. This is this. This is the body. This is the hand. This is the breath. This is tension. This is doubt. This is spiraling around. This is something spiraling around, tangling. This is muddy. This is buoyant. This is open. Just naming it. Because the naming of it does help to prevent the, the... merging, we differentiate from that, we're able to step back it's that, and this is quite essential it's called viveka it's the ability to just subtly disengage without aversion but rather I liken it to uh, aerial photography you know, where you can actually lift off the ground, keep the focus you lift off the ground and as they discovered when they started doing aerial photography you can see all kinds of things you couldn't see when you're on the ground you can see these deep structures burial mounds and tumuluses and you know things of this nature that they, people were walking over for a hundred years and didn't know were there <laughs> too close and yet Viveka is that sense of lifting and yet still retaining focus 
and you lose some of the specific bits and pieces of exact the thoughts, but you get the deep structures of, oh, this is anxiety. <laughs> you know, this is indignation, or this is whatever it is. You, know? you see the deep structuring, which is the most significant. You're looking at aerial photography, the nature of the grass isn't important, but you see the, the nature of the burial mound or the ditch that was underneath that. That's the significant thing. So that ability to just name in one word what this kind of whole storyline is about. Another tribunal I'm running through my mind of defending myself of how they were, did me wrong or I'm really I'm okay really. You know, what's this about? And then you step back from the stories, the faces, the pictures, the images, the personal history. You know, this is... What do you want to call it? Is it defense? Is it rage? Is it in whatever it is? But you see, you're able to see the deep structuring there. And that deep structuring is the heart, is coming out of the heart. So your thinking mind adds all the little filigrees of name, place, topic. Yeah. He did this, she never said that, I always get this wrong, and then this happened in 19, da 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 da. <laughs> Uh, whatever it is, you know, and I'm not this, I'm never that, and I can't be this. And kind of that's the that's the little filigree that the thinking mind adds to a, a deep structure which is arising out of the heart, deep form which is arising out of the heart, which is just the feeling of inadequacy or blamed, hurt. Mm. Ah, hurt. And when you so with that viveka, with that lifting from all the intricate details of the topic, you get a sense of what's the deep form of this mental phenomena you're like the deep form is arising from the heart and you're able to name it as hurt that was really simple wasn't it <laughs> really simple when you come down to it and then then when you put then when you get that you touch that point you know you know what to do you don't have to unravel the whole story anymore to go through it again. What is needed? What's the response to hurt? What's the dynamic response to hurt? Is, well, isn't that what compassion and kindness happen when we really see something hurt? Feel it. When you see a dog or a bird, you know, in pain, isn't it? You don't have to say, oh, now I'll practice metta bhavana. <laughs> it just happens, doesn't it? So the value of the of the that vitaka, that rational faculty, is to be able to distill out of all this tangle something sim- simple term, yeah. and then you, with that comes the feeling. Now, what so often happens for people is there's a split between what's the feeling and the topic. I mean, we certainly we feel we feel enraged or whatever. But really, what's their attention goes into? It shouldn't be this way. And he always did that, and I tried the best I could. And they, they, my, they never understood. They wouldn't listen. We go into all that. Yeah, the feelings there, but you don't really just go to the feeling of I feel pretty angry actually. You go to that, and yeah. so. 
the quality of Viveka is just to help us see the deep structure. Because this is when we're looking for uh, liberation and release, we want, these are the things that you need to see in our aerial photography because those are the things that are really moving us along, disturbing us, and we'll keep doing so. No matter how many times you mow the grass on that burial mound, it's still going to be a burial mound <laughs> unless you get into it, you know, find out what's causing it, what, what that's about. It's often very, you know, it's a felt sense. It's intimate. It's vulnerable. You may not want to experience it. Fair enough. But when you've got a body sense, you can. That's the beauty of it. Because when you've got something in your body, the bodily presence can hold that emotional current. You're grounded. You have the bodily structure. You have the dynamic of the body, breathing in and out loosening, softening your eyes, your face staying steady and then that emotional current that emotional form arises, is met and is gradually dissolved it's not denied, it's not abnegated, it's not blamed it's not approved of it's not justified why bother you know that's another story for release, we just want to find the essence of the Four Noble Truths, suffering and the cessation of it. So thinking mind is for that to keep us connected because uh, a tendency that I have, I guess we all have, is to spin out on the story, which goes on, goes on, novels, tomes, volumes, epics of story around one wave that has not been met. I don't want to meet it. You know, you know the guilt, something like that. Guilt experience or the shame experience. I don't want to meet that. Now the body, you can. So in the dynamic body, which is held through the structure, the dynamic body is that energy flow with breathing in and breathing out, which opens, brightens, touches, fills, subsides, relinquishes, releases. That's the dynamic of breathing. It's not the structure of breathing, it's the dynamic of it. So I think it's important to differentiate dynamic from structure, however arbitrary those terms are. Because if you approach breathing in a structural way, your main concern would be to get it right, to keep holding on to it, to get more and more better at it, to refine it down to particular points. And that's structure. Because the only attitude that's present there is get it right. And that's not very dynamic, is it? It's got no flow in it. It's got no intimacy in it. It's always, you know, you're taking something that's dynamic as a fixed thing. Your mind gets fixed, rigid. You may even think that's what concentration is. I mean, I can understand it. The word suggests that to me. Concentration camp. We're in a concentration camp here. 
you know. And, uh, you know, is get that rigidity really, get it really there. You know, you get, don't call it rigid, you call it one-pointed or something like that. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know about that one. You feel your way with that one, you feel what's happening to you. Mm. Mm. Don't know about that one. <laughs> All that goes along with that, you know, is another way we can use those words like collected, unified, harmonized, brought together. You know, we're using translations all the time. You don't want to hang on to a particular translation. The Buddha's experiencing something directly, translates that into a word. Then they take that word and they translate it into another language. This happens two or three times. You end up with a word like concentration. <laughs> it goes from magadhi to pali to something else to, and then all the nuances that go along with that. Can we just say, well, I don't know. I don't feel good with that. You know, what about talk about composure, unification, harmony, oneness? Oh, that sounds a bit. Still can, you know, you can cover that word. Brought together, you know, samadhi means bringing that which is carried together, brought together. Yeah, I can, that somehow hits, touches me in a different way. And realize it's actually a lot more of a, a mutual and dynamic and moment of time checking it out, feeling it out, how it's working process than just the clamping of your mind onto something. Feel welcome. Vitaka, vitaka, the mind's ability to point, to hold something. Vichara, the mind's ability, the thinking mind's ability to play with something, to handle it, to feel it out. And say, just check this out a bit, will you? This is vichara. Vitaka says, here's a thing. Vichara says, just taste that, handle it, play with it, roll it around, see what it does to you. Explore. Not even in an intellectual way, but explore it, what it's doing to you, how you are with that. Two together. Vitaka is like the finger that points. Vichara is like the hand that strokes, handles, moulds something, takes it in. Yeah. So these two aspects one is, you say, the structure. One is the dynamic aspect of the thinking mind. Dynamic can never be one thing. It's always that which occurs in relationship as we touch an object, as we experience something out there. We receive it, we, we feel it, we move into it, we back off from it, we assess it, we check it out. How's it? What's it doing? That's the dynamic. You can do that with your thought, you can do it with your heart, you can do it with your body. Mm-hmm. And we do. Now, meditation, encouragement retreat is to, is to accentuate that. So when you stand, you really feel what's happening in your feet. You know? Are you balanced? Are you already, as you stand up, are you already halfway out the door? You know? getting to the place you've got to go to? Or are you resting on your feet, feeling the softness of the muscles, feeling what it takes to walk, 
You know, to to do it, you've got to feel what's around you. So that's dynamic, because you don't you know you feel what's what you're in, not just what you're going to do or what you should do, but you feel what you're in. And in walking, for example, it's feeling pressure the ground beneath your feet, feeling the softness of your feet as they meet the ground, feeling the strengthening of your legs as they decide to move, feeling the subtle movement of balance as you shift from one hip to the other, feeling a sense of uh, your body moving through a particular space, feeling the coolness on your face, holding the structure of walking, and yet open to that dynamic of immediate you know, presence of what's going on. So we're never just lost in structure. Right? Dum, 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 get it right, walk, 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 stop, turn around, walk, 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 stop, turn around, walk, 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 stop. Like it's one of those figures you see on clocks that come out, strike the hours every, you know, every hour. Cuckoo. <laughs> yeah, we're not sort of in that time thing, we're actually in our own space, so you find how fast you have to walk, I don't know how fast does your body walk hmm? Hmm? so there's an exploration isn't it and all the time as we walk, as we move into wherever we are, sitting walking, going down a corridor, opening a door, going to a bathroom you know, coming to a place where we're in a shared place, a dining room, whatever, that sense of, I'm welcome, may you be welcome, sharing the space, you know. So nothing that seizes up. Am I doing the right thing, the wrong thing? What do people think of me? I'm okay. I just, I'm welcome. And then you're going to be as good as you can be right now. And if we're all doing that, part of what we're doing, good as good as we can be, is we have this sense of, yeah, she's as good as she can be, because <laughs> it's mutually felt. Whereas if I'm perfect, then she's not perfect. He's not perfect. You know? But if, as good as it can be, there's room for everyone in that. So let's do some walking. Um, and I think we might start with just, you know, finding a place and just sort of walk it up and down in that particular stretch for a while. Um, give it 45 minutes or so. Uh, just to get into the basic structure of walking and, and um, the dynamics just in walking. And I'll uh, just point something out for you. <clears throat> may again be very obvious but uh, it wasn't obvious to me (coughs) so I'll just stand and model something for you (coughs) now when you're walking going to your car or going to the shops wherever you go you're basically walking like that get to where you want to go. Your eyes are walking and your body's kind of running along behind as best it can. (laughs) So this is probably going to be have a certain truth for most of us. 
So you're just acknowledging that. Check out, pull back, you know. Stop the eyes. So you just keep your eyes soft and open, and soft and slightly. The, the the light is turned down. You're not on kind of full head, full main beam when you're walking. Dipper. <laughs> Next thing is recognizing that, you know, the bodies do it actually can do the walking, not not the mind. So how does a how does a body walk? When you're standing there, how does this thing walk? Walk, will you? <laughs> it goes, you know, because it, it's never actually. We've normally just dragged it. <laughs> so when there's no, nothing dragging you. How is it going to walk? Well, good question. Oh, I think. Well, it comes to think, I've got to go onto one leg, yeah, yeah, and then I'm going to kind of swing the other leg forward. I get, yeah, that's it. The hip does it. Hip does it, and then you come onto there. And then you've got to shift the balance onto that leg, and you're going to lift the other leg, right? Now, if you if you, you know, if you don't get the balancing right, then you're always actually falling over, which is okay when you're rushing somewhere. But to get the balance means you've got to come onto one leg, perhaps even just slightly bend the knee, so you feel the strengthening and the the movement into that particular into that leg, so you can easily freely. Roll the hip to get the leg to come round. So the movement comes from the hip, not from the foot. Not. It comes from the hip. It flows, and then as you touch the ground, then you're going to shift the weight. That's got to be firm. So there's got to be some sense of really receiving. The ground, getting into the ground, feeling the strengthening there, softening the leg before you can hit. So you're walking like that. If you notice, you might even imagine what it'd be like if you've got a, you know, it's a series of ropes. You've actually got to lift your leg over the rope. That's that's exaggerating what 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 I'm suggesting because you don't walk like this. But you want to get it to come from the hip. So the balance and then just... And then as you come down on the foot, really getting, letting the foot get that bit of ground and really get it and spread into it as you lift the other. So then what occurs is the movement of walking is, is snaky. It's a bit more like swimming. You know, it's, it's a playing between balance from one side, the other side. There's a flow between the two. It's kind of pleasant. So because it's pleasant and because everything in your body is with that, your mind steadies within it. It concentrates. You don't, you don't do concentration. It happens because where you are is happy and pleasant and restful. So you want to stay in that. Something in you wants to get the feeling of that. Marvellous stuff, really. And, the, you know, if, if you actually try to figure how many muscles are coordinating to do that simple movement, the toe, the ankle, the ball of the foot, the calf, and the whole thing, it's an incredible, you know, act of intelligence 
for all those bits to coordinate so you don't kind of clunk around or fall over or go rigid. The pleasantness of it is essential in order for the mind to to settle. The, the, you know, the, the essential piece of, concent, of concentration or samadhi that sometimes missed is the mind is happy, but therefore it concentrates. That's the equation. The mind is happy, therefore it concentrates. Not you concentrate, then with a bit of luck you eventually get happy. <laughs> but the mind is happy, therefore it concentrates. This is, why is the mind happy? Because the body is relaxed. Because the body is relaxed, the mind will be happy. The mind is happy, it will concentrate. Why is the body relaxed? Because one has a sense of virtue and, and loving kindness. Therefore the body is relaxed. So it's all related, isn't it? And it's really the dynamic of it that's creating those subtle connections that are so essential to bring around this quality of well-being that is the, the absolute necessity for our life let alone meditation, liberation, whatever, just to be alive, you know, to really feel alive here. Okay, so play with your walking a little bit, you know, and we'll have 45 minutes or so, come back at, what, 10.30? Somebody can ring a bell. <laughs>